I'm Leanna. And I'm Nikki. And in today's episode, we're talking about our critical voices, those voices inside our minds that are telling us we're not doing things right. Uh, we, we keep making the same mistakes, things of that nature, that nagging, per, perhaps guilt, the, the put down, the beating yourself up. So I think we all know that voice. Unfortunately, I think we do. Yeah. And so what I would maybe start with is I think that voice does come from a place that is attempting to be helpful. My sense of it would be that either this is something that your mind knows. So perhaps this was something you were raised with was a more critical style. Um, or it's just kind of, it's that feeling of, uh, even though this doesn't feel good, it's helping. Um, it's helping motivate me. It's helping me uh, get things done. It's helping me to achieve excellence or yeah. do my best job or yeah, have high standards. Right. Because the flip side to that is perhaps not that we maybe have this as a conscious thought, but um, if I were nice to myself, if I made that mistake, that's condoning that mistake. That's mm. accepting that mistake. And so let's take it in the example of weight loss. So if I'm trying to lose weight and I indulge and have a whole bag of chips, um, if I were to accept that, if I were to be kind to myself about that, if I were to be understanding, if I were to say, oh, well, it was the Super Bowl and everybody else was you know, having all the snacks and chips and I indulged too, and it was part of being social and it's not every day. There's a permission about that that doesn't seem perhaps right because maybe your overall goal is to have a healthy body, to maintain a certain weight, to um, have healthy foods that um, just promote better overall health. So how could I possibly accept going off that path? That is a mistake. So the idea is we can't have that accepting, nice, supportive voice. We need to have the, you're in trouble. You did something wrong. You better not do that again. That kind of um, authoritative voice that may be similar to maybe how our parents treated us when we had a mistake. Or how our parents treated themselves. Right. Yeah, you may have learned it not, it was not aimed at you, was not said about you, but you saw the grown-ups around you do it. Yeah, and I think it's such a prevalent attitude, right? Like, I don't know anybody that doesn't have some level of a critical voice. Mm -hmm. um, and it dances in around guilt, too. So, it, or maybe a better way to say that is it can show up as guilt. So, Let's say you say something at a party, you try to make a joke, it doesn't land, maybe it's a little personal or offensive. And then the voice in your head goes, Oh, you idiot. Like, why did you even say that? You know that they were, they just lost somebody in their lives. And what are you doing talking about that? Or the guilt is another method, another tool in the toolbox of the critical voice to uh, make you feel bad to punish you to make you think about what you've done and I think the idea is that you wouldn't do it again but 
I think what oftentimes we're not aware of is that these are one-off or can be one-off events. So you wouldn't have to encounter that. Like the punishment's not really working because the next time you encounter a situation like that, maybe a social situation, maybe you're in a different mood, maybe you're in a different group of people. Like you're not gonna go, oh, remember that time? Oh, perhaps you might, but remember that time I really embarrassed myself and I made that joke and it, it didn't, you know, it was a little bit offensive. You better not speak again. There's something you, you mentioned that really has me thinking that there's a real tie to acceptance mm. in here somewhere. Like the critical voice is not willing to accept right. anything, really. And if we kind of look at that a little bit, I see where we kind of agree with that critical voice or we can agree with that critical voice like yeah why would I accept this if I'm trying to be healthy and lose weight and make good eating choices why would I accept that <laughs> I ate a whole bag of chips that's not healthy for me so I don't accept that I did a bad thing mm -hmm. and it's really hard to see the the flip side to that that perhaps you, you know perhaps the message oh there's so many things that could be wrapped up in there but you know, perhaps the message is, I don't have control. I'm never going to get this. This is a struggle. My body weight is always going to be an issue. And sometimes by accepting things, we free up the flow to mm -hmm. at least head in the right direction. So I kind of think of it as, as driving on a road. And I've used this analogy in, in different ways before, but, and you're getting to a town it's okay if there's construction on the road. It's okay if you have to take a detour. It's okay if you have to stop and pull over. And those are things like making mistakes. Those are things like maybe not doing the actions that lead to your overall intention or goal. But you're still on the road. You're still heading in that direction. You're still going to the town. And so I don't really think the critical voice is that effective. And right. And it's hard. It's hard to give up that critical voice because there's something in us, I think, that deeply, deeply believes that it is effective. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's hard to give that up and go to the acceptance place, go to that place right. where it says it is okay to pull over, it is okay to have construction, it is okay to reverse and go backwards. Yeah. Um, because the message is no, it's not. I must go in a straight line. I must get there now. This is not a journey. I want the result. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and we really deeply believe in that critical voice. And I think it's important to know that accepting it doesn't mean that you like it. Mm. Like that there's a subtlety to acceptance that doesn't mean, um, yeah, that you are condoning it or that you're encouraging such behavior. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how much you beat yourself up, you ate the bag of chips. That's, that's exactly where I was kind of headed with that too. It's done. Right. So like now, no matter how much you beat yourself up, no matter how strong that critical voice is, the act is over. So what is the benefit to not accepting it? Right. It feels like it's motivating. It feels like, okay, if I 
punish myself over this event, I won't do it again. Mm. But we already know that's not true. <laughs> yeah. or, the, or the critical voice would be working. There would be there would be books supporting mm. it. There would be, you know, um, whole mind models around like, why don't you beat yourself up some more? It's really effective. You're going to, right. you're going right. to be at your ideal weight. You're going to be in your most um, life passion. You're going to have the best job. You're going to have the best, whatever you want, just use your critical voice. Mm -hmm. There's, there's nothing really out there saying that. I mean, that's different than motivation. That's different than drive. Nobody's saying beat yourself up for your past experiences, right? Because that's right. the way to get what you want. Well, I think if the critical voice worked, we wouldn't even call it the critical voice. And you would just see, I ate the bag of chips. I beat myself up. I never did that again. Right. And then I got a promotion at work because I beat myself up and told myself I could do better than I was doing. So I got a promotion. I never had to say that again. Like it wouldn't even be a critical voice. Right. Well, and just jumping off of that too, I had a conversation with a colleague and in fact, uh, he was pointing out that the critical voice um, stays in business when we don't succeed. So um, if we reach for that bag of chips, then the critical voice has something to beat us up over. If we say that mistake, make that joke, if we flub that interview, then the critical voice has, has substance. It has something to come at us for. Yeah. But if we're successful, if we lose the weight, if we get the promotion, if we fall in love and, and are sparkling to the to our potential mates, that critical voice has nothing to criticize us or judge us over. So it has no role. So it actually does better when we screw up or when we think we've screwed up. So it's keeping us locked in that pattern. Yeah, which makes me wonder, so what is the payoff to staying stuck where you are and without a great deal of reflection, my answer is because you're safe. Mm. It may not be where you want to be, but you understand it. You're familiar with it. You yeah. know how to navigate it. So you're, so, so you're safe. I mean, it's funny how it all boils down to feeling, you know, safe or unsafe. And how do we get comfortable with feeling not unsafe in a dangerous way, but like unfamiliar, like, right. Yeah. I've never been this healthy. This is unfamiliar. I've never had a job where I have this much responsibility and make this much money. This is unfamiliar. I've never had friends that are so supportive and inspiring. This is unfamiliar. Like how do we find comfort or something there? Right. Right. It comes up for me when you say those things this is unfamiliar, I think it kind of connects into confidence as well. So here I am with this job that's paid a lot of money. Can I do it? Mm -hmm. Here I am at a healthy weight when I've struggled with my weight. Can I maintain it? Um, so a lot of the uncomfortableness that might come in success and the unfamiliar, I think is underpinned by perhaps a lack of confidence and perhaps even a, um, for some 
a lack of feeling worthy or deserving of being in that space of having those achievements um, and not knowing, like you say, what to do with them. So there's an element of uncomfortableness and that uncomfortableness may come from a lack of faith in ourselves or believing in ourselves or our ability to handle new things or our ability to, well, it kind of goes back to making mistakes, but grow in making mistakes as we're in this new situation, as we're getting our bearings. And I think you and I've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but this idea that we can't learn when we grow up, that we can't make mistakes, that we should have everything all figured out, that, um, yeah, our growing and learning is done. And we need to be these kind of polished, have it all together, have the answers. Well, it's really setting us up for failure. And that failure seems to be internalized. Like it, we don't go around bragging about that or sharing that too, too often. It's not on our Facebook page that, hey, I got this promotion. I don't feel like I deserve it. I don't know what I'm doing in this new job. We don't talk about that. So it's a big burden to bear internally. Yes. Um, yes. And I think we make assumptions about quote unquote successful people, whatever that might be for us, um, you know, the person with the healthy family or the great job. Um, we make assumptions that that person is, that it's easy, mm. I think, or that they have a handle on everything. And I wonder if we really knew that person more intimately maybe their struggles are different, but they're still struggling. They're still trying to work it out. Yeah. I'd be interested to know, but I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of my own experience when I've had a success. I don't feel like the critical voice was there. And I'd be interested to know, like you say, with an, a successful mm -hmm. individual. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm thinking of like elite athletes, like Olympians or something like that. I'm sure there is a coach voice I'm sure there is a um motivator and a driver and a passion mm -hmm. I'm sure there are not within you but with you know externally I'm sure there are some uh crappy coaches who are critical who mm -hmm. um don't come from a place of respect but I would say overall people who have success and enjoy it I don't think there's so much beating. I don't think there's yeah. so much of a critical voice for yeah. those who have success in an area and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so what does that say? I think you can be successful without that critical voice. I think you can allow mistakes. And it would seem to me too, again, I'm trying to recall in my own life that in those moments where you have more understanding for yourself, you allow the mistake. I think it's easier to leave it. I think yeah. it's easier to leave it behind and grow from it, grow from that place instead of being almost, I'm imagining like a shackle, shackled to that. Right. Because then you have to carry it around with you. Now I'm thinking ball and chain. Yeah. Um, so every mistake you make, you're weighed down by it. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, with acceptance, I think you're free of it and yeah it's not 
so much part of you and it's not even so much the highlight of your experience. So it's not at the forefront even. And I just think there's a flow. Yeah, that's an interesting, that makes me think, I mean, I often use children as a basis of comparison, but when a child makes mistakes, we don't equate that to who they are. Yeah. Like you're learning that, or you haven't had a lot of experience with that yet. This isn't who you are. This is you uh, building a skill or yeah, you're on a learning curve. But I'm not sure as adults, I think we start to define ourselves by our mistake. Mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm really not good with names. I'm so clumsy. Um, going to get broken. It'll be me. Like, yeah, don't give me numbers. Right. Oh yeah. I'm no good at math. Yeah. Mm. So again, and my wondering is always where we switch that. Yeah. And, and why I have no idea why. But I think that's, yeah, there's something huge about allowing, which goes back to permission. And we've talked about that before, but giving ourselves permission to make mistakes, it's so much bigger than even having thought about it, even, you know, talking about it on the podcast, talking about it with you off the podcast, talking about it with other people. Like, even though I think about these things, it's suddenly feeling even bigger than I know. Mm. And that makes me think too, like we talk about these things and we reflect on these things. Um, it doesn't make it easy to stop my critical voice. Right. It, you know, like these things are ingrained and I'm trying to think like, I, I'm just trying to think of the mix and the feeling that goes along with when you when the critical voice isn't as loud or is absent because I haven't done, you know, like as therapists, we continue to do our own work too. As we, as we talk about these sort of things, we reflect on where that's happening in our lives and, and mm -hmm. we try and go back and address that too. I'm not sure I've thoroughly looked at or even not thoroughly looked at a critical voice in, in my own life. Um, I'm thinking without doing actual work or therapy, you know, how have I maneuvered that? I, I'm not articulating it well. It's still there, but how do I escape it sometimes? And I know I have. Right. What's right. the difference? Right. What's the, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I think it goes back to like what you were saying, situations we feel we have more of a handle on or we're more experienced with so it's not as unfamiliar so I'll be accepting of this mistake because I know the next time I play baseball I can hit the ball so mm -hmm. if I struck out this time I know I haven't struck out every time um so I can let that one go whereas if that's my first time ever at a game playing baseball and I struck out at my first time up to bat I might think okay I'm no good at this Right. And I, I let the team down and that critical mm -hmm. voice. But when you have an experience that shows you differently and shows you what you're capable of, there's more of a confidence and there's more of a, a gathering of a whole picture. So it's like, well, that's, I'm not going to beat myself up over that because I'm not that mistake or because I know I have the ability to hit the ball or I know I've 
had success with this before. But I'm going back to weight loss now. If if it's been a yo-yo for you and right. you've never felt like you really landed in a comfortable, maintainable, sustainable spot with mm-hmm. weight, then the message to yourself is, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing here. I always go for the junk food. I always make the poor choices. Right. So then when you do it again, it's a confirmation and it's a cycle mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. feeds itself. Um, but I think the difference is in other situations where you know that there's more to you and more to the picture, it's easier to let that mistake go. And it's easier for that confidence to just come in and just like, it's almost like as if you're keeping score. Well, that's, that's only a minus one, but I'm a five, I'm up 500 points. So, right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So what is the. What is the practice? Hmm. Like, what is it that we can do? Yeah, to up our points, basically. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking of two things. So the idea of maybe objectively, and I uh, looking at our past um, or our past experience in that, I, and so I, whenever I say objectively, I kind of think of the nature commentators, like watch the gazelle go to the watering hole. (laughs) So if you could take a step back in your life and say, watch Leanna as she goes into the job interview, wiping her sweaty palms on her pants and, oh, look, she actually gave an intelligent answer there. And it was on point. Oh, oops. She drifted off the topic there. (laughs) You know, so yeah, um, that's the way that I, say objectively in my mind that's a little image that goes with it but that idea I like it yeah can we look back at our experience and this idea that we get focused on what we're already looking for so if we're looking for mistakes we focus on the mistakes and then we amplify them and then we say that's all we do so challenging ourselves to go find the successes Mm -hmm. and if the successes aren't in that area, if they're not in weight loss, if they're not in the job interview, then where else have you had successes? <laughs> and then I think another piece of that is to, <laughs> this sounds so easy and I know it's not, to love ourselves, <laughs> to know that we are not our experiences. We are not our thoughts. That's, that's a big one. We are not our feelings. So our mind uses thoughts and feelings and experiences to gather information and to get our bearings. And it often confuses that that's actually who we are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of experiences are so deeply personal and affect us so personally that the assumption, and it's quick, it's, it's at the speed of thought, right? Is that that experience becomes part of us. But to understand and to just have that flash of understanding that no, I am Leanna and I have experienced a bad job interview. I am not the bad job interview. Mm -hmm. I am Leanna and I've had this anxiety over there. And it kind of goes back to one of our recent episodes around labels where we say I am versus I feel. Right. I am stupid. I am fat versus I feel, I felt stupid when I did that. Mm -hmm. So separating out 
that this isn't actually you as well to kind of build that confidence that you are not your mistakes um there's something about um your national geographic voice <laughs> that i really like um partly because you know i really have an experience of that so i really feel like i understand what you're saying but it's not emotional mm. there's no charge to it yeah so, you don't put yourself back into the right comfortable interview. Right. You're looking you're almost at like it. a stranger. Yeah. Like if you could be a stranger looking at your own life. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get muddled when that emotion arises, when we're all of a sudden seeing it through our emotional filter. Mm -hmm. It's hard just to, yeah, to review it with no emotion. I yeah. think that's what makes it effective because then you can see Oh, but that, you know, it didn't work out, but that there was effort or they did these three things. Right. It, it didn't work in their favor, but it's not. Yeah. There's something about taking the emotion out to me that makes that reflection uh, usable or you're just sort of spinning your wheels. You're just reinforcing the voice. Yeah. And my mind is being drawn to acceptance again. Um, and I know in my life, I struggled with, um, people would tell me, just let it go. And, you know, I would tell them I would vent or something. I'd say, you know, I'm really stressed out over this. And like, you know, the stress is getting a lot. I'm having trouble falling asleep. And they'd be like, well, and I even say, you know, like, I know it's not a big deal. They knew it wasn't a big deal. And they're like, just let it go. <laughs> and so nice just like a, a certain Disney princess and yeah. um, way easier said than done mm -hmm. and I was like I want to let it go I see how letting it go would be a value but I I can't I I cannot get there and then a wise person in my life said to me well how about trying to let it be and I was like oh because let it go was so active to me. I had to do something. I had to change my thinking. I had to look at it in a different way. I had to come to peace with it. And I couldn't. Mm -hmm. But when I when that person said, let it be, I'm like, oh, yeah, it already is. There's no work for me to do. And so I'm just thinking of acceptance. So if you have that bad interview, if you didn't pay back the loan somebody loaned you. Um, if you're having trouble losing the weight, if having mom guilt, if you're not playing it with your kids, if you're yelling at your kids, um, can there be a letting it be? Can there be an acceptance that that's just the way that is? I know I can feel the resistance in the air and in my body when I say. <laughs> I can feel the <laughs> resistance of like, no, that's unacceptable. I yelled at my kids. I didn't pay back that loan. Like that's not acceptable, <laughs> except it's what is it, you know, as we have said, as you said, it's what's already happened. Right. Oh, so, I like that so much. The power of language. Let it be. Don't yeah. let it go. Let it be. And you have a chance to respond. Say you're the person who didn't pay back the loan. Could you have the uncomfortable conversation? You know what? 
I really danced around this and I didn't answer your calls because I didn't have the money, but you know, would I be able to do it in installments? I, you know, didn't anticipate COVID anything, right? Like, and this is what I'm capable of doing. And I really want to do this. Um, you know, for yelling at your kids. Yeah, I yelled at you. Mommy was super frustrated. Mommy was super frustrated because I had asked you five times to put your dishes away and you didn't. And it felt like you were just really ignoring me when I needed help. Mm-hmm. But I really need you to do this now. Uh, and I'm sorry for yelling at you. Lost my patience. Um, so there's still actions you can take afterwards. You don't have yeah. to sit in that experience that you don't like. Um, but I think with acceptance, you're not fighting what's already happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's that going to do for you? How's that going to benefit you except to make you feel worse? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I really like what you said about the letting it go for you felt like, like, I don't know how, like yeah. there's something I need to do and I don't know how, where all of a sudden let it be. There's no work. Yeah. So you're not good or bad at it. Right. It already like, is. Let it, it already be is what it already is. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then regroup, have a cry, talk to somebody, go for a walk, regroup and act on it from there mm-hmm. or try again. Or um, maybe that, maybe then that's the time for reflection in the national geographic nature <laughs> voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Here we are at the same watering hole again. What, what am I going to do differently? Yeah, um, yeah. Here comes the lion going to chase the gazelle. <laughs> so, right. Um, but I actually feel like I can almost feel in my body that letting it be allows me to make a new choice. Yeah. Letting, letting it be, yeah, allows me to do something different. If I hold on to it and then the critical voice comes in, And then at my next opportunity, it's like I'm already forecasting, oh, I know what I do in those situations. Yeah. I'm not going to be enough or be smart enough or my joke isn't going to be funny. When I let it be, it's like that moment gets to be done. It's over. Mm. So I can choose, I can re-choose and re-choose and re-choose every moment. Yeah. And you might find yourself in familiar settings where it feels like a mistake again but as you say like you can re-choose and re-choose mm-hmm. and even if it's baby steps so even if this is a familiar surrounding to you you're start like starting to make a bit of progress and then I would say too even if you fall backwards back back to where you didn't want to be maybe you make progress maybe you are just slaying it at being a mom Mm-hmm. And then you yell again. Again, that critical voice wants to take you back there and keep you there. Yeah. But, and you might go back there and you might revisit it. But bringing that awareness back around to this isn't me, this is one experience. The experience is done. I don't like it. I wish I hadn't have said that. And like you say, now I have a choice. What am I going to try next? Mm-hmm. Um, And I just love what you say. It's just, there's 
not a heaviness and there's not a shackle and a stuckness to that. I mean, there is with the critical voice, but when you let it be and, and choose your next action, there's not a stuckness. Right, right. And it almost feels to me like that critical voice, um, you never get to be in the moment. You're never mm. where you are. You're always somewhere in the past. You're always at something that's already happened. Or forecasting the future. Or forecasting the future. Yeah. It never lets you just be. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And just going back to that bag of chips and just being that's what brought like, like, so if this is happening and you're not really doing maybe what you'd hoped you would do, then why not enjoy it? <laughs> yeah. So it's going to happen yeah. anyway. You, you kind of gave into the craving. You gave into the social setting. You didn't make a mistake. It's right. what you wanted at the time. It felt good. So how about letting it feel good? Ah, but that critical voice says it can't feel good because you right. made the mistake. But perhaps part of just letting it be then is to see the humor in how you screwed up the interview, right. to enjoy the bag of chips, to um, to maybe take a deep breath on the floor with your child having a tantrum and go, well, it's a Monday and I got to play Lego. Right. <laughs> You get to have the moment. You get to have the moment. You get to have the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. There's, I, oh, there's so much power and there's so much freedom mm -hmm. actually in that. And if your critical voice is saying you're always stuck in this pattern, you just broke a pattern. If you enjoy it or let it be, you just had a win. Yeah. You, you just did something to support your well-being. Like even that you're not grinding away in your mind. You, you let it be, there was a bit of peace, even momentary, even a flash. Yeah. There was a yeah. bit of relief. Then you can acknowledge that even too, is I've had a win that even yeah. wraps up into your experience. Oh, I know it was hard for me to do, but then when I did, it felt so good for a moment. I can yes. do that again. Yes. Um, so it builds. And you know, what came to me when you were wondering, like, what is the difference when you've um, been feeling good and the critical voice seems quiet? What is the difference? And I was thinking um, whole, mm. but specifically, when the critical voice is strong and when I'm fighting against what's actually happening, I feel like I'm in my head. I feel like a head, like, mm. like I almost have a physical sensation of being a head. <laughs> mm, yes. But as soon as I'm more in the moment, I have my body back. Yeah. Not all up in my head. I can relate to that so deeply. Mm -hmm. I've talked about when I've had anxiety being, which, which I think has similarities to the critical voice and sometimes they even play off each other, but, mm -hmm. um, being, I call that in my head world. And I just want to be in the world. And like you say, like in my body and just existing rather than in this sphere that, I mean, you can't see past it. Yeah. When you're in it. You're, yeah. you're in this space where you're not. Yeah. You're kind of locked in this headspace that's not yeah. quite reality either. And it's 
No. Um, and it's not present. Yeah. Yeah. It's not present. Yeah. And to think of all the things, I don't want to get too fringy, but like that you're cut off from. Mm. Like I really do believe, you know, our heart's a bit of a thinking organ. Mm. Cut off from your breathing. You're cut off from your lungs. You're cut off from your digestion. You're cut off from your feet that are actually like holding you on the earth from your spine that like you just took away so much power. Yeah. 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 I think this is relating a lot to, um, I hope I say his name right, Eckhart Tolle or Tolle. Mm -hmm. And you might need to help me with the title, The Power of Now. Now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's an interesting read. It's a little bit of a, I found a little bit of a heady or a woo-woo kind of right? read yeah. at times. Um, but when some of the things land, it, he does talk about being that observer, about right. taking yourself out of that mind being and into your present being. And he talks a lot too about not living in the past and not living in the future. But the yeah. power you have and the freedom you have is to live in the now. And as you said, like there's so many options in the now. You can mm. choose to cry or have your own tantrum about it, but at least it's your choice. Yeah. And then yeah. just acknowledging like, yeah, that's what I chose to do with that. It felt crappy and that's what I chose to do. And next time I can choose something different or in yeah. this next moment, I can choose something different or I can choose to, you know, I'm feeling myself ramping up um, to yell at my child. I can also choose to bring my awareness to that and stop. Easier said than done. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a little bit more choice and power when you are in the now, when you yeah. are present, yeah. um, then locked into that headspace and cyclical thinking and relying on your own misconceptions and your own anxieties to solve the problem for you. Yeah. So you're wrapped up in that way of thinking and in that mode. Um, and you're going to get some of the similar answers and you're going to get some of the hopelessness um, because it's so small. Yeah. And it only knows what it knows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still believe it's coming from a noble place. It's trying to help you. It's trying. Yes, absolutely. But I think we can all agree. It's not effective. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so if you have a critical voice, let it be. Let it be let it be let the experience be mm -hmm. let yourself be so that you can be again yeah 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 that you're not stuck mm -hmm. with that critical voice and just as we're wrapping up you can also do something symbolic if you wish you can imagine you're having a conversation with that critical voice you can absolutely tell it to get lost you can um, imagine it's a roommate and evict it. You can imagine you're on that car on the road going to your goal and kick it out and tell it to hitchhike and mm -hmm. pick up some other <laughs> uh, yeah. car, some other journey. Um, you know, you can put it in a rocket and send it to outer space. Um, we have, there's a lot of power in visualizing and imagining. And we know this from sports performance 
So a lot of times people will visualize the big game and visualize being calm and visualize them drawing on all their skills and, Mm -hmm. and their mental preparedness. And they do that by imagining, by closing their eyes and taking themselves through that situation and imagining the best possible outcome. So um, that's a tool that maybe not a lot of us know we have, but you can imagine kicking out that voice or imagining letting things be mm-hmm. and, and just kind of carrying that feeling forward. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. If it feels like a huge jump, maybe you can't let it be, but you can imagine letting it be. You can start there. Yeah. Yeah. And it might, it might show you some little mm-hmm. barriers or hiccups or, yep. or things. And the thing about that is maybe the instinct is to turn away from that. I don't want to face that, but perhaps it could be, oh, you know, if I do that, I'm going to feel this way, or it's going to be uncomfortable, or I don't know if I can imagine yourself with the outcome that you want. Imagine mm-hmm. that you could. And now all of a sudden in your mental memory bank, even though it's an imagining, your mind takes that as real and, hey, great. Now you have a mental reference point and an experience already in. Yeah. In your mind, it's there to use. So don't be afraid to imagine the success, to imagine Mm -hmm. the experience going well, to imagine where you want to be. To imagine something different. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Imagine something different. What a great place to leave it for today. <laughs> if you have any questions or comments about the critical voice, you can send that to us. And if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, you can send that to us as well. And you can send that all to Leanna and Nikki at gmail.com. That's L-I-A-N-A-A-N-D-N-I-K-I at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in.